Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Within the Mist, a hidden place where we walk into the dark and clouded unknown. I am your whistleblowing of a host, Gary, here to entertain you and inform you about the likes of cryptids, ghosts, and life beyond the stars. Unfortunately, my wife and co-host, Goldie Ann, cannot join me today, but I am very excited because we are rejoined with our friends, Tyler Transu and Chris Rupert of Doc Side Media. After enjoying success with multiple documentaries to include Secrets of the Sasquatch, Conscious Contact Full Disclosure, and The Ghosts of Gettysburg, they're back with us again with their latest completed project, In Plain Sight, The Intelligence Community, and UFOs. So, please join us as we venture within the mist with Dockside Media. Hello, Chris. Hello, Tyler. What an introduction. That was impressive. I know. Gary, can we hire you as the hype man? By any Seriously. Case? Well, I thought that's Just what I was come doing around for with you guys. Us. <laughs> it's like, I thought that's what I already was doing. <laughs> Dude, thanks for having us back. Oh, great. Uh, so I was pretty excited because be uh, we don't get to talk about UFOs much on this uh, podcast. So I had to do my own little research. And I was working on the intelligence work on UFOs. And after an exhaustive amount of work, I discovered what you call a spaceship that drips water. What's that, Gary? (laughs) A crying saucer. No, I didn't. He didn't disappoint. I came in with high hopes. And I he, knew where it was going. It. I could see where it was going. I was like, oh, he's got another thing he wrote. And then I was like, oh, it's one of his dad jokes. There we go. Yes. Well, so good. I, I, so I, good. I'm nothing if not consistent. That's right. <laughs> but no, I am really happy. Uh, I'm glad. I appreciate you giving me the sneak peek on the latest documentary, In Plain Sight, The Intelligence Community and UFOs. Uh, you want to give us some information on the background of how this project got started? Go for it, Tyler. Sure. Well, Gary, hey, thanks a lot for, for viewing it and having us on. And we're really glad you liked it a lot. Well, I take that back. All of the people who were fortunate enough to see an advanced screener <clears throat> of In Plain Sight, the intelligence community and UFOs, were all blown away. Every So far, we've gotten nothing but positive feedback. And it was really cool because uh, kind of contrary to you, a lot of them consume just a ton of UFO Mm -hmm. documentaries. Say that there was new information. It was interesting. You know, I felt uh, engaged in it the whole way through and wanted wanted to keep watching and see where it was going. You know, it was just really cool to hear. So for the audience out there, um, this documentary, kind of like the title, Features interviews with retired CIA officer John Ramirez, former Air Force Office of Special Investigations counterintelligence officer Richard Doty, um, Roswell expert and author Tom Carey, who's written, I believe, 20 uh, Roswell or books on Roswell, interviewed over 600 first and secondhand witnesses to, you know, to the Roswell crash. Um uh, we also interviewed MUFON field investigator Jesse Peak. So MUFON is the Mutual UFO Network where people who have sightings all over the world, they uh, they re- can report them and send the photos, etc. And they collect this database. And so there's, um, you know, different uh, people in charge of each district and state and country, etc. So uh, 
Jesse Peaks, a, a MUFON field investigator and former uh, Army Reserves, I believe, or Army National Guard. Um, so it was great talking with him. Then finally, we interviewed Eric Mintel, who's an experiencer and paranormal investigator with Eric Mintel Investigates. So it was really cool to go on this kind of like Jason Bourne-esque adventure to, to interview these, uh, you know, counterintelligence officers and, and CIA officers um, like out in Arizona and New Mexico and stuff like that uh, and just hear what they had heard and seen in plain sight. I know. It's amazing that you found, you know, people in such fields and a vast array who are pretty much experts who should be in the know about the background story of military intelligence and the UFOs. I was yeah. re I, I watched the part about John Ramirez, the retired CIA, and his background, if correct me if I'm wrong, is his whole job was he was monitoring Soviet Union for what they were monitoring in the skies. And that's when they noticed that the Soviets were tracking something, UFOs, coming out of the Arctic Circle that wasn't the U.S., so... Yeah, for sure. Right, then they make the hairs on the back of your neck just stand up, just thinking, hey, wait, this is some dude that was just doing his intelligence job of, you know, uh, monitoring uh, ballistic missiles, right? That's what his, he, mm -hmm. he was in charge of doing that. So, like, just to hear him say they're picking up this stuff on radar and the, and the Russians don't, you know, know what it is and, and we don't know what it is, just really, really wild to hear. Chris, what were you saying, bud? No, no, you nailed it. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Yeah. 100% those words is what I was going to say, Tyler. Because, <laughs> I mean, for he was saying that the Russians were all excited. They were all panicky. And he was there going, it's not us. Mm -hmm. So what are they What are they freaking out about? Yeah, that's even weirder, right? That that whole perspective of, like, him him knowing more than them. And, like, that's what else could it be? Yeah, it's... He's got some really interesting stuff he talks about in the documentary. Um, and we have Richard Doty in there quite a bit, who's more of a controversial figure, I think, uh, because of his job being, you know, uh, disinformation. Um, so I think listening to him talk, I kind of get like, I feel like I'm being gaslit sometimes because I don't know if he's telling me the truth or if he's spreading more disinformation or not. But it's super interesting either way. Well, yeah, Richard Doty is counterintelligence with the U.S. Air yeah. Force. But he's the one that, I mean, you hear his stories, and he he was there. Yeah. He saw everything. Yeah, you can tell, by the way, he kind of just, like, prattles off, like, facts. You know what I mean? He's just, like, retelling this, like, yeah, we did this, and then this, and this. And there's times in the interview, like, I had, wait, I can't go there because I can't talk about something. Like, he, ha he knows what he's able to get uh, out, and there's a lot of stuff he's still unable to uh, reveal. But what an interesting dude, right? Yeah, dude, he's 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 amazing. I mean, it's, like Chris said, very polarizing figure, but I found myself, you know, um, they're conducting the interview with him and just, man, he is super, like, d disarming and mm -hmm. very just uh unassuming you know he has glasses like i'm not trying to stereotype anybody but he's just like a regular guy if anything maybe a, a little nervous but it was just weird like if you have this idea in your head of what this counterintelligence officer is going to be like and then you show up and it's like oh dude he's just like a normal guy but is he trained 
to mm-hmm. present himself that way because like it, it just it, it I found it very easy for my like for myself to trust him right and that's what his job is to get people to gain <clears throat> to gain his trust but I think my you know my radar of of decent human beings is pretty good and I did not get any indication that he was there just spinning tales or making stuff mm-hmm. up to just I don't even know what you know to what end right because it would only make him look worse if he's just simply making stuff up and like Chris said man it's it's fascinating how he is just rattling this stuff off from memory mm-hmm. like it's real crazy I I um just Chris and I we do we've been doing all these podcasts for all these different <clears throat> documentaries we make and so a lot of times we retell the same story right mm-hmm. from one, in one podcast and the next podcast and the next one and it's like yeah I just I find myself having to fact check you know what I mean like hold on I got to make sure I'm saying like this is how it okay yep we did it like this right and like Richard is just like oh dude this this is just how he's lived forever and the things he's seen and experienced and has no problem just boop 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 recalling these items um it's a really it's a really neat thing yeah I'm really sure. fortunate to get his interview well as a counterintelligence yeah he would be in charge of deniability but this is not what he was doing on the uh, documentary everything he was saying was supporting that the existence of ufos uh-huh. 100% um um yeah and john ramirez um in a lot of the raw footage uh, it was interesting to see how he has such a personal connection to uh, the whole phenomenon you know starting from his youth he has these stories he recounts and we actually didn't include them in the doc just because they didn't kind of fit along with the rest of the story we were telling in it. But it was interesting how many times he would kind of like stop and like let his emotions cool off or like say, I got to re-say that in a better way because he just kind of got flustered sometimes. Um, but it, it makes it me having seen those moments. It's like, oh, everything he is saying is 100% genuine. I definitely believe this guy. Um and that's just an interesting perspective I get and Tyler gets when you're in the room with these people because, you know, there's always it's always a different feeling or sensation or look or whatever when you're watching somebody on screen versus being in the room with them. There's that like aura, the energy you guys are, you know, dealing with, like just just something in the air where you can feel it. So but those human moments that I get to see when I'm editing things add a lot of credence to these people for me um insofar as like you know just their genuine this is what they they believe um yeah okay and it's it's just crazy how human they are right chris like yeah you know like hollywood media whatever they've just done a great job of well you hear cia man i assume this is jason Bourne that could probably snap my neck or you know (laughs) they're just very clever and and uh whatever highly intelligent and careful with their words and so it's just neat to see these people have these human moments talking about these unexplainable experiences right um and it i always enjoy when we get people like this that are mil- uh, ex-cia or air force or 
uh, Army National Guard, whatever it may be, like that, you know, these are people that are trained to be able to identify things under stressful situations. Mm -hmm. Like that's what they do. And they're trained to understand all the different things. So it's just wild that, you know, this is what these people are saying, they're seeing, they're witnessing, um, and what they, you know, just, it, it's it's really neat. And just to hear Richard Doty talk about things like, oh, you know, basically, if somebody saw a secret bl uh, black ops U.S. military aircraft flying overhead, we were charged with going out there and getting, you know, basically telling them that, that, that it's actually a UFO. All right, but, but keep it quiet. Don't get, like, people all worked up about it. Um, or if they actually saw a UFO, they would go try and convince them that it was U.S. military tech and not to, not to say anything, be a good patriotic American and keep that to yourself. So it's just, it's crazy. And I know for myself in the world that I live in, man, like I'm a product of the, whatever I consume, like the media that I consume shapes who I am and my beliefs and the reality around me. Like, for example, uh, Gary, if I... Like, are you familiar with the insect praying mantises? Yeah, praying I am. mantis. Okay. It, are they? I don't know. This is, I guess, a leading question. But would you say they're endangered or not? No, they're I, an endangered species. I would say not. Oh, Gary, you're actually really smart. Well, then you know what? Scrub this from the podcast. But there was this. There was this interesting thing where, at least in Pennsylvania here. Yeah, I know exactly. People, I know yeah. everybody. Um, was taught as a kid praying mantises are an endangered species so don't step on it never kill them they're an endangered yep. species and do that propagated for decades or whatever and i happened to finally like here in 2020 i think it was last year 2021 like look it up and it's like oh dude there was this <clears throat> uh times magazine article on praying mantises in the 60s and it didn't say they were endangered Whatever it said was like the population's getting low or something like that. But all it took was a few people to say they were endangered. And this is pre-internet times, right? And for everybody in my sphere, everybody in their reality, praying mantises are endangered species. Like, and so it's crazy though, but, at, but that's not true. There's tons and tons of them. So, I mean, that concept's... Yeah, been going through the ages. I mean, that's what, what that's basically a religion, right? At this point, it's just everything keeps getting passed down and distilled, and stories get changed, and you know, you lose and gain stuff along the way. It's the whole whisper down the lane idea, right? The game of right. telephone. Yep, exactly. Oh, and Tyler, just so you know, I have a biology degree and was a <laughs> technician for thirty years. Oh, uh, well, then you're bad. You're a bad like, person to try and pull with that yeah. because you'd be like, uh, and you went through the Latin, the Latin name of the, the, the um, praying mantis in your head. No, 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 they're not. They're not. Dead. Don't, don't be but silly. There was a lot of things in, your, in the documentary that I did not realize. And it's because I don't follow UFOs as much as I do other things. Like, I was not aware that Roswell incident involved two spaceships. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, honestly when we were approaching this topic and subject, we didn't realize how much Roswell information we get from all these people. Yeah, but I mean, obviously Tom Carey, uh, just 
probably about the most knowledgeable person on the subject you could find with all the books and witnesses and everything he's talked to and written. So it was really fascinating. But I guess it, it makes sense because, like, you know, Roswell's one of the biggest – everybody knows about it, right? Everybody's yeah. heard of Roswell So in this field. And then – but while we focus on the crash and we give basically – the events that happen it doesn't it's not 100 percent that it's more about the government's reaction mm-hmm. to that and that's what i find really interesting because that can be applied probably to so many different things in the country we live in in the world we live in like you know unrelated to extraterrestrials just any kind of events how is it manipulated by these forces that that stuff is fascinating to me well i mean it was declared a ufo one day and then Yep. Less than 24 hours later, it was declared as a, a weather balloon. Yep, 100%. And yeah, so it was, um, so yeah, I found that to be a really interesting. And Gary, I don't know how popular, like, even if you were really into the UFO scene, I don't know how many people are mentioning that. And what's interesting is another former. De- Department of Defense Intelligence Officer Lou Elizondo, who's been spearheading the the disclosure, uh, the UFO disclosure um, movement. Uh, like I happen to see, right, he had mentioned something about two UFOs at Roswell here within the past, I don't know, six months or three months or something. I'm like, dude, that's crazy. I interviewed this dude uh, whatever months prior, or well, actually at this point, uh, well, it was back in April. Yeah, yeah, it was like a, a, a probably like a month or two before this. Lozano was saying that. Uh, yeah, we had Richard Doty saying that, mm-hmm. and just saying it in a way that nonchalant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nonchalant. Well, as far as I know, as far as I know, this is these are the facts that the United States government has on it. I'm just like, <laughs> say what? <laughs> are you serious? And again, it's like to what end? What's what's the motive of just saying these, these, uh, you know, these things that are contrary to popular belief? Yeah, the uh, there's not tons details. of people talking yeah. about two different crashes and a lightning storm and stuff. So I'm just like, dude, that's nuts. And then, like I said, to, to hear see Lou Elizondo be tweeting about it as well, um, it's just who's just very very been doing a lot of the heavy lifting, getting this. Uh, the UAP like uh, and UFOs talked about and studied uh, and reported congression, you know, like in U.S. Yeah. Congress. So, um, yeah, it's just wild that he said that. And I think this doc in plain sight, the intelligence community and UFOs is filled with a lot, like I said, of, of just even if we're talking about some older things like Roswell, there's, just some, neat, there's yeah. some neat details in there that just gets you thinking and looking at it in a different way. Well, I think you, for this subject, you would have to include Roswell because even if it's not the first case, it is the most well-known case of yeah. a government conspiracy involving UFOs, which is pretty much the whole basis of this documentary. So you would have to talk about Roswell. 100%. Um, tangentially related. Have you guys seen, I think it was trending on Twitter like earlier this week, uh, the Roswell hashtag. And if you clicked it, it was going around like a whole bunch of high res images of crash of a UFO crash. But as it turns out, um, you guys have probably seen this before. There's those AI image rendering programs and oh, software yeah. services that are getting like 
legitimately like you can't tell the difference between somebody's drawing or photo and an AI generated one. And that's what we happened. We should be using them for our posters, honestly. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's not They're really idea. good. Dude, that, and that is going to revolutionize a lot of things because half of like the stuff I've seen, it looks like like professional, like graphic artists, like comic book style stuff, like, and it's just done by an AI. But also think of how that can manipulate the, the you know, the mass conscious of people with just like one image that you can't tell if it was AI generated or real. And well, how much, how much is stuff reality. is, exactly. So how much is going to be fake and real and it's just going to get even messier. And how crazy is it like for those, those AI, uh, painting generators or whatever like image generator like you just you can put in just a string of keywords yep. right and it does potentially a better job than if you gave those keywords to a graphic designer right like somehow it's just like it sees it from more angles um i don't know just to chris's uh yeah just to hop on that point it ha I, it's been wild that i have been just coming across those images and like holy cow dude these and then like i think i went to the site once and just put in like a couple things i'm like dude what this is this is nuts i think i might become an artist just by <laughs> putting keywords into a computer a little bit of knowledge can turn it into something far vast that's right mm -hmm. well um tom terry i mean who did he not talk to that was related to roswell <laughs> I mean, I was, wow. I was, I'm sure there was an ET or around somewhere that we could have. I was, I was looking at, I was looking into his background. Yeah, like you said, he has like uh, at least 12 to 18 books on Amazon about Roswell, and they're all vastly different. I mean, he has talked to everybody and then everybody of everybody. So it was amazing of how much work he had put into getting the full story. Because you, everyone has their own perception of what happened, of what mm -hmm. they saw, what they heard. When you get that many people, and then you can get a better picture of what everyone saw. It was amazing yeah, how much work he did. You would have to start picking out the patterns and realizing what connects and what you know what is subjective and stuff. And there's got to be, obviously, the basic points seem to be accurate if Tom Carey doesn't... Um, disagree with them because i would assume that means that most of the people we interviewed had those concepts in their stories if that makes sense well so, i mean isn't that what they do in the the police dramas they get the the witnesses separated so that they mm -hmm. can question yep. them separated to make sure their stories match that's yep. exactly what he did a hundred percent yeah 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 he's a and he's a really interesting guy too because um he's just like extremely knowledgeable incredible like he's um uh, an, an anthropologist uh and i mean he's he's an older dude who has like so much uh experience with this field and um he's just, like showing us his computer he has thousands and thousands of files that he's been like organizing with mm. roswell and it's just like this guy has dedicated a large portion of his life into uncovering information about this incident and it was great that you guys were able to interview him because he passed he was very willing to pass on that information yeah for he sure wants it out there he does yeah, he for does. sure but another person you talked to was uh jesse t was mufon and i didn't realize that mufon the mutual ufo network has been around since 1967 
So yeah, there have been people who have been tracking and talking to eyewitnesses about UFOs since the 1960s before I was born, and I'm old. I think with uh, the internet, when that came out of its infancy, I think stuff like those programs spread quite a bit more. Because now I think there's MUFON field offices all over the place. Um, but I think it was more of a more recent thing with the spread. I think that's what Jesse was telling me anyways. But he's a really interesting dude, too. All these people have, have such uh, interesting backgrounds where they come from and how they find themselves somehow involved in this field. Yeah, he went from, what, National Guard to uh, UFO research. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which is neat. And I think that, I don't know, maybe kind of somehow speaks like to the phenomenon in that it feels like people just, for whatever reason, it like they just feel compelled to investigate. Like, I, Chris and I were never really into UFOs and aliens, like studying them or watching documentaries. We just... In the summer, August of 2021, felt compelled. We needed to make this documentary. And we've, since starting this this paranormal documentary company, Dockside Media, I've, just the more people I come across and interview on the topic of UFOs and aliens, I don't know, I don't think any of them were going and seeking an experience with like, with to try and have an experience with ufos like all of them like uh he's not in one of our any of our documentaries but i believe it's um i think it's matthew roberts he was on the uss nimitz uh but there was a bunch of ufos and it was from the new york times article blah 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 but speaking to him yeah it was just very very wild to hear like same dude you know these are highly trained people they're not looking you know uh, or, or uh, yeah, they're just not looking to try and see UFOs. Like, they're just doing their job. And they're seeing stuff that they can't explain on their radars. Um, and then to continue moving forward, like when he went left the Nimitz and he ends up uh, elsewhere with, with uh, I think it was uh, intelligence. Um, yeah, essentially this phenomenon, the UFO, like, kind of found him again. Um, and it's so it's it's crazy how... I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think maybe there's something to the growth of human consciousness or us as people or whatever it is, like something to that effect that that maybe this thing kind of reaches out to us or presents itself or or has us uh, feel driven and curious to investigate it further so that we can end up being like more well-rounded or something. I'm not sure. I know I'm more open-minded and a better person having started to interview these people and, and uh, be open to these types of things. Um, and yeah, which is contrary to what I point, though, maybe Tyler, thought. The, um, the fact that you're talking about, like, they didn't work backwards. They didn't have a conclusion of, yes, UFOs exist, and then find any reason to believe that, if that makes sense. You know, because a lot of people have, like, a innate belief about something, and then they just will, you can, they'll prattle off whatever information to get them to that conclusion right but these people weren't looking for ufos half of them, you know what i mean they just stumbled upon it into their lives well i mean you, so, you even had a he was basically a paranormal expert eric mentel mm -hmm. um so not really a ufologist but he became he, he migrated from one field into ufos 
with the studying of implants and uh, being picked up on EVPs and so forth like that. So he wasn't even I, really a UF, he, you know, into aliens at all. No, until he had a very specific incident happen to him and his girlfriend that that kind of changed his worldview on that that uh, subject. And that's I'm not going to spoil anything because that's yeah. in, in the documentary. And but, just uh, a heads up. The implants and EVP was Jesse Peake studying those. Oh, just okay. I, just for due oh. diligence sake, I recall it. Up to, I just remember uh, because I know I I was wanted to bring it up here that yeah, that's crazy that Jesse was talking about implants, right? Yeah, <laughs> it just it's neat, man. So we've got a lot of cool stuff like that in the documentary from all different types of angles and different you know different people of different walks of life. And yeah. yeah, the biggest thing about the implants to me, like I said, I worked with animals pretty much all my life, is how he compared it to the same way we tag animals, you know, cattle. 100%. Yeah. So it makes it, sense. It's not that foreign of a concept then, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, being in the military, we always joked that you were pretty sure we were tagged as well. Eventually, probably at some point, right? Now, uh, I did want to go back to uh, Dodie, because uh, he brought up one that like blew my mind, uh, Eva. Mm. So, I mean, we're in your documentary, you're talking about actual conversations with a living alien, and yeah. basically learning new sciences to enable him to speak and converse with uh, humanity. Yep. Yep, I I want to speak more, but I don't want to give away too much. Nope. I'll just say Richard Doty relays a very, very interesting story about his experience with Eva. Um, and I, yeah, I had never heard that story before from him. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I think for those out there, Eva, I think, stands for Extraterrestrial Biological Entity. So I think that's why they named it Eva. I believe. Like mm -hmm. So yeah, there was a lot of new material in your documentary that I really was not aware of that these people were giving you freely and on record. So it was great that you were able to do that. Do you guys think uh, the floodgates are kind of open with this stuff in certain ways where people like they, the people we interviewed keep coming out uh, more and more. Actually, that was a question I wanted to bring to you because uh, in your documentary, you talk about the preliminary assessment, the unidentified mm -hmm. aerial phenomena report, which came out in 25th of June of 2021. Mm -hmm. And everyone expected that to be the end all confirmation that UFOs exist. But it actually only covered cases since 2014, where all they really said is that out of 114, there were 113 were unexplained. The other one was a weather balloon. And it didn't cover any Air Force cases. Who would be the preliminary people to UFOs? So my question to you guys is, I don't think the floodgates are open, but it does seem like they're trickling out and they're being very controlled. What do you guys think? Well, from uh, the government itself speaking out, yeah, very controlled. That message that they delivered there <laughs> was not clear. It just it left as much up in the air as, as was before. Um, but it wasn't a definitive no. You know what I mean? 
Agreed. So there is that aspect to it. But I'm thinking more along the lines of like destigmatizing the subject. And so you have people with credible backgrounds coming out and telling their story more and more often. And I think maybe because they're not being ostracized. Sure, there's obviously always portions of the internet that'll get angry about stuff to people. But seeing that, I hope, encourages other people who have information to kind of step out and reveal their stories as well. Well, I think that's a credit to uh, people like you two. Um, you Thank guys you. approach the subject with respect and respect to these people. You didn't make them come across as, you know, crazies with tinfoil mm -hmm. hats. Right. You showed their actual professional background. You gave them a forum to speak intelligently and credibly. So I think the work you guys do with these kind of documentaries, and this documentary in particular, helps destigmatize uh, the people, and they'll be more willing to come out because of you and your documentary. It's awesome, dude. That means Thanks. a lot. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely the hope. And see, I don't know, because see, I'm of the mindset of like that UAP uh, task force report saying that 113 of the 114 couldn't be identified. I thought it was kind of important that they said, look, these aren't foreign and they're not U.S. tech. So, like, I mean, I don't know, Gary. Well, if you're a scientist, Gary, you tell me, what's the process uh, of deduction tell you? Well, if it's not foreign tech and it's not uh, U.S. tech, does it have to be extraterrestrial? No. Boom, boom. Weather phenomena could account for all of those yeah. by highly trained uh, well, and and not only highly trained, but in most cases, radar data, multiple sensors, uh, highly tuned sensors and cameras and different wavelengths recording this stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think, yeah, if they're saying it's not U.S. and not foreign, I feel like it only leaves one answer, extraterrestrial. But I think that this, in the scientific method, the first thing that, you know, the first step is gather information. And I think that's what this report really did is gather the information. The next step is to create hypothesis and test your theories. I'm waiting for that step. And will that right be the on. government? Well, I think they moved, they, they have moved on to, you know, now there's going to be, I guess, quarterly reports, there's congressional reports. I think they updated uh, methods and means for pilots to report UAPs now. Good. So that it, they're not stigmatized, right? And then, you know, have to live be in fear of like losing uh, whatever the pilot's license or something like that. So I think that momentum is moving forward in the sense that we're going to hopefully get better reporting, which gets generates more data for people to look at and figure figure out what is going on. I mean, yo, did we not just send that dark probe or whatever like that it they dude and hit an asteroid in the middle of space at fourteen thousand miles per hour you understand we shot something the size of a vending machine and yeah. hit a football stadium out in the middle of nowhere so if we can do that oh bro well alien tech's got to be that times a trillion easily the fact that our little primitive you know, monkey brains with sh making nuclear bombs and stuff. And not only that, 
but we we were able to study. I think it was just yesterday they reported like the traje- the uh, percentage of trajectory change or something, or how much it slowed down the 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 whatever it was orbiting. Dude, it was like way more than they thought. It was like <clears throat> I think they were looking. I forget what it was, like a one percent change, and they got like five percent, something crazy. So it's like, oh, dude, that means we could spot it a lot later, closer to Earth, and still. Bing, deflect that then nuts nuts. that is crazy what do you guys think about the uh president uh receiving ufo debriefings do you think that you know these uap reports go to his office or because of his limited term period do you think that this should just be an outside uh, project i would lean towards the latter in that case um hard to say though right i mean i would think Either way, whatever political leaning you lean on, I would think Trump probably would have said something. Uh, He's still mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he, as far as I know, he hasn't really. So um, I would think, yeah, I would think that's information above their pay grade, honestly. I, I agree. I think it's probably, a, I, if anything, I feel like there's probably a very, very small group of people who have access to all the data and even they i doubt know what this is and i think that might be what you know what what continues to hold up disclosure it's like well dude if if the government or the people that that a lot of people just blindly trust to hey this is going to keep moving the world forward and people forward and life will continue to get better um yeah, like if they don't know what this is, well, well, dude, then yeah, that might could potentially create a lot of panic. So, I could understand, I guess, some people, yeah, wanting to keep it close to their vest or whatever. Just uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You run the different like um, think tank uh, model or go through think tanks and run the different models of like what could happen by by disclosure and. Yeah, I don't know. We see, I mean, whatever. There's just a ton of crazy stuff going on around the world right now. Ukraine, Iran, um, all the U.S. had a bunch of it, right, a couple summers ago. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. Could we handle something like it? I hope so. Well, there's always the trickle-down method of it. So hopefully this um, first report, and like you said, the quarterly report, and these people coming out in these documentaries is step-by-step getting to us to that point where we can safely be told that there are UFOs out there and alien content. Definitely. I dig it. And then we can all work together as one big happy family to try and solve it. Because that's the thing. Here's what's up. Like when the pandemic hit, I think people, you know, science had been working on like mRNA vaccines for a minute, right? No success. But when when we're backed into a when humanity is backed into a corner and we need to find an answer, it's amazing what can be achieved when you have like just a ton, a ton, a ton of dedicated people dedicating their time and passion to trying to solve a problem. So imagine if you took that same group of people and really had them dedicated to looking at the data uh, on UFOs and UAPs and extraterrestrials, like, oh wow, I wonder, I wonder how far we could get. I bet we could get pretty far, pretty quick. Well, it's just like the space race. 
when uh, the Soviet Union sent the first the Sputnik up. It was like, oh, we can't we can't have them get to the moon before us. And then all of a sudden, bam, all these new mathematics and sciences and everything came out of the woodwork for us to, uh, you know, get a man on the moon first. It, so it's, it's motivational. When from from a creative aspect, when you are kind of back into a corner or limited in a lot of ways, that's when you get your most creative. And I feel like that's how humanity responds to a lot of things where it's like, oh, oh, now we need to catch up. So let's bust ass. And they do. Uh, it's weird. It's weird at how, how we work like that. But um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what do you hope happens next with this documentary? I hope people watch it and enjoy it, honestly. Like that's our, our goal here. Um, when does it get released? October 18th. It'll be out wide release on pretty much every platform you want to find it on iTunes, uh, Google, uh, Amazon, Xbox, PlayStation, Voodoo, probably, I think. Um, all the major places you'll be able to find it to rent and download. And uh, yeah, we want to hear from people. We're pretty proud of this one. I think each one we learn and grow in our filmmaking, not only like experience, but we experiment a little bit more with different stylistic choices and stuff. Um, and this one honestly took the longest to edit. And I think cause we were just crafting something really, really interesting here. And I did a bunch more little, little things to help make the movie a bit more compelling, I think. So I'm pretty proud of how it turned out. And like, like Tyler was saying, like so far, all the feedback has been really great. So we're just excited for people to check it out and to hear from them. Okay. So if you're listening to this. Uh, this is coming out on Monday, so uh, the next day, be sure to uh, download it, give it your full attention, because there's a lot of details you can miss, and please, uh, give a review. Uh, that's the best way to promote it out to the rest of the community and beyond. So. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you, and yeah. we've, we've, we've had comments, crazily, of people watching it back to back. They watched it once. They went to the bathroom and then watched it a second time. And then even then, we're doing the podcast and somebody else brought up a point and they're like, holy cow, I missed that. Mm -hmm. So it's neat that there is that much information in there uh, and entertainment that, wow, the fact that you could sit through it twice in a row as for Chris and I as filmmakers, like that's just amazing, right? We know how hard it is to sit through um you know, a 70, 80 minute movie um, once, let alone twice. Uh, so that, that was really cool. And guess what, baby? We ain't stopping. October 15th, this Saturday, we're out in the, aband uh, in the abandoned ghost town of Pandemonium at the Pioneer Cemetery to film Ghosts in the Graveyard, Pure Pandemonium. So it's going to be nasty. We got between six to ten people showing up to this camp out tons of paranormal investigative equipment um drones cameras we got fog machines like ouija boards we do it we're playing the game ghosts in the graveyard in this in this yeah old tiny haunted graveyard dude it's it's nasty so gary that'll be the next doc coming your way then bud okay ghosts in the graveyard pure pandemonium that sounds exciting, uh, and especially since you're doing it in October. So, yeah, you should pick up a lot of uh, readings and potential uh, encounters. Yeah, 
It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot That's of fun. That's the if idea. We, if we don't freeze to death. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, and for anybody out there listening, you can find us. We're real active on Facebook. Uh, again, the, the company name is Doc Side Media. That's D-O-C Side Media. We're also on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, all those at, at Dockside Media. And then we also have a YouTube channel. Um, and one of the other things we put out are these like little one-minute mysteries, which are these short one- to two-minute episodes on different things from like Mothman to uh, Operation Northwoods to the dead internet theory and just all these little neat, fascinating videos that you can maybe uh, get turned on to something that you were not aware of and then go research more. But, yeah, we have a lot of fun making those as well. So you guys are keeping busy. Yeah, and I just filmed a feature uh, sci-fi horror movie, so we're really? keeping busy. <laughs> yeah. What's the name of that movie, Chris? Uh, that is Transient, which will be out sometime next year. But, uh, yeah, we have a Facebook page for that as well. Look for Transient Movie. I'm going to look under that. Cool. T-R-A-N-S-I-E-N-T. Transient. That's right. Transient for anybody film. listening, that's, yeah. that's what you look for. Well, um, being sure to now with all this background information, I'm going to be checking out the documentary again for my second time. I think this is a good time to come out of the mist. I want to thank my guests of Dockside Media, uh, Chris Rupert and Tyler Transhu. Always a pleasure for you guys coming on the podcast and sharing the work you do, especially because it's so varied and so interesting. Thanks, man. Gary, thanks so much again for having us on. We'll be back sooner rather than later, probably at this point. Not that a mean, problem. I look that means a lot. It. Gary, you you obviously aren't leaving us without a second dad joke to close us out, right? <laughs> Please don't disappoint. Well, I I was looking through my closet, and I was going to wear my space suit, but I forgot the most important part. I couldn't find my asteroid belt. <laughs> Nice one, Gary. You're more than welcome. <laughs> I'm gonna keep coming back for them, baby. Seriously, I might just if I don't even make another documentary in my life, Gary, I'll come back on just to hear these. I appreciate sure. that. Thank you, thank you. All right, uh, please stay tuned for a trailer to the uh, latest documentary. Check us out on our latest social media, a Facebook page at Within the Myth Podcast. We are also available on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Uh, for the rest of you, please uh, check out the documentary and stay curious. Goodbye, everybody. And now, the trailer to In Plain Sight, The Intelligence Community and UFOs. With all due respect to the Air Force, I believe that some of them will prove to be of interplanetary origin. I walk into a building there was a closed circuit camera showing a picture of an ET on the, on the camera. It was not extraterrestrial, it was extra-temporal. Time travelers. People have gone down this rabbit hole many times and uh, they come out on the dark side in, in, in all this because they know that they'll never win. Lies, deception, manufacturing the truth. And that's been the greatest mystery. It's like, what is the answer? There's this secrecy over Roswell, that particular incident that the government has never addressed. We knew that this person 
was a hybrid. They threatened the civilian population, and there were a lot of them, uh, with death. They said, if you talk about this, we're not only going to kill you, we're going to kill your whole family.